My new book is out on Audible, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. You can grab it right now. Here's what a user Thomas Lornaviticus said. Latka is the real deal, five stars. Hey, Nathan, I just listened to your podcast with JLD. You killed it. I saw your book earlier last week and thought, meh, I'll wait when Kindle costs $1.99 or whatever, as I have over 150 books to catch up with. But then I sensed that this book may have something I need right now. I bought it for full price, but didn't really start reading it. Then talking with JLD, you mentioned that the strategies may not work if you wait. And that's so true. I read it. I'm feeling pumped to devour it even more. Thank you for sharing it all and kicking ass. Guys, all of you that listen to the podcast, you are the reason I wrote the book. SaaS CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, go grab it today at capitalistbook.com. Especially if you like audio, go grab the audible version right now. Again, capitalistbook.com. Launched a company back many years ago, 2014, really an open source model. They used those leads to then generate consulting products. Now they're doing about 5 million bucks a year, less than 5% of their revenue is coming from Sweet CRM, their SaaS product. They're really looking to now scale the SaaS product and at the same time scale consulting. We'll see if it works out. There's a healthy feedback loop there. Obviously, they've got about uh, 40 people based in UK and other remote locations. Totally bootstrapped, which I love. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Greg Soper. If you haven't heard of him, you should know he's worked in IT for 45 years, loves the possibilities, working on a company called Sales Agility, which is open source CRM related. He really despairs the direction of travel, so he's been changing it for the better. He's passionate about the potential for open source to facilitate the changes that will liberate IT to deliver the highest levels of value. Let's break that down. Greg, are you ready to take us to the top? Okay, hit me with your questions. Let a lot of buzzwords in that bio you sent me. So make it real for me. What what the hell does that actually mean? <clears throat> I think that the 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 what it means in reality is that open source well, <clears throat> IT is constrained, heavily constrained for delivering value, because so much of light of uh, IT budget goes on <clears throat> license fees license fees for what is generally commoditized software. <clears throat> and in our space, it would be something like Salesforce. So you spend a shed load millions of dollars on licenses and you've got very little money left over in your budget to do the things that really make a difference, that really drive value, which is modeling business processes. Um, with open source, because wait, Greg, sorry, why do you say that modeling business processes is what's going to drive that? If you spend your whole day modeling alone by yourself in the kitchen, never do anything, it's never nothing's ever going to grow. Oh, absolutely. Well, so you got two choices as a business. Um, you can take on a, a, a large piece of software, a strategic piece of software such as CRM, and you can. M- fit your business into that CRM because the CRM works in certain ways. So you can make that compromise and say, well, this is the way the CRM works. I will make my business fit around it. Or you can say, here's the software. It's a good framework. I will make the software 
fit my business. Now, efficient businesses will model their competitive advantage processes in the software. Open source enables you to do that because you're not spending money on licenses. You've got a much larger budget to take that software and make the software do what you needed to do, which is to model your competitive advantage, not to take the software that's there and try and fit your business into it. Yeah, but Greg, I think my audience, what they would argue is these companies don't want to spend time reinventing the wheel and coding their own open source sales force. That's why they buy Salesforce. It saves them time, energy, and money. No, wrong, 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 wrong. Um, most companies out there who buy Salesforce spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, modeling Salesforce to fit the business processes. There, are, there is a myriad of, of the very small micro-businesses, up to five to 10 users, who will just take Salesforce. There's a middle ground and there's a large company uh, where most of these guys are spending huge amounts of money to model their, their, their processes. And guess what? They're wasting that money. Uh, they could but Greg, do sorry, I don't understand what you mean by wasting. I'm having a hard time understanding when people, I mean, I have paid for Salesforce at my last company and it saved us a ton of time and using APIs, we were able to customize it how we wanted. I have no interest in rebuilding Salesforce. Okay, well, let me take a recent migration for a $2.5 billion company they did. They were spending about $3 million a year with Salesforce, okay? Um, and they couldn't, they didn't have enough budget left to make Salesforce do the things they really needed to do that really added value. And they couldn't extend it into the company further as they grew because every time they wanted to extend it, it was another $200 a month two and a half grand a year for licenses. And that's a hell of a constraint. You can't make it do what you want it to do because it's too expensive. So what's the alternative? The, the alternative is to take a, the, some, an open source CRM like Sweet CRM that Sales Geology provides. It does everything that Salesforce does, but the code is open. There are no license fees. So you've got all of that budget there available to model it and as your company grows, you don't have to pay license fees to put another... Okay, so Sweet CRM, the open source, that is your, that's your business. That's what you've built in your 45 years in, in Absolutely, IT. yes. Okay, so tell me, tell me how do you make money? How does it work? How do, you, how do you hire employees to build it? Okay, uh, very simple proposition. The software is completely free. Okay. I think there are about a million downloads of it so far. Over um, what period of time? Uh, last five years. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's out there and it's out there in abundance. 99% um, of people who download it don't engage with us at all. We don't even know who they are. We, all we know is that they've downloaded it. Um, but 1% of the, the, the user population out there knows that they need to get this baby modified that, that, to really drive value from it. And they come to us as a company and we deliver the full spectrum of business analysis, software development, support, training. So you're a consulting company on top of an open source platform and you make money on consulting Absolutely. fees. So we're, we're product, consultancy, development, support, and hosting. And that's, that's the open source model. There are no fees for licenses. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, so break me down. I mean, this, so the, I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. You are not a SaaS company. What you are is essentially an agency that is powered from leads based off an open source CRM platform that you've built. No, we do SaaS as well. Okay. So what's the SaaS product? SaaS is typically recurring revenue based on a seat model, not yeah, one-time projects to customize an open source CRM. 
it's sweet CRM. So you can take a generic um, version of, of sweet CRM and have it offered to you as a SaaS product, the same as Salesforce does. Uh, but I thought you just said that's the downside to sales. I thought you said that's what you're trying to eliminate. But, but the, the, here's the big difference. Two big differences. One, all the code belongs to you and all the data belongs to you, right? So if you're hosting with us and you say, Greg, I want to put my data on my own servers, I want to put my application on my own servers, it's yours. Here, oh, as long as you're up to date with your, your, your fees, have it. Yeah? And the other difference is that we charge on a per server basis, not on a per user basis. So we're sizing servers according to user populations. And whereas Salesforce are up to somewhere around $200 a month for their enterprise version, we're a tenth of that. Well, you're just scaling around a different pricing axis. One is number of seats and yours is number of servers. Oh, Size of server, yeah. Okay. But, but the, 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 I think that we'd like to go back to the fundamentals here. The fundamental here is about freedom. With Salesforce, you don't own the application. You don't own the changes to the application. You can't move to on-premise. You don't own your own data. It's I don't think people want, Gorg, that's what I'm saying is I don't think people are moving away from on-prem solutions because the added flexibility of the cloud. That's what I'm trying to understand is you're making, like I get so much value from when I did use Salesforce. I'm wor it's worth giving up some of that freedom for speed and efficiency. I think there are, there are two sides to this. There are, there are uh, companies increasingly are coming to realize that cloud isn't the answer for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, especially where you've got um, your strategic information, which is usually encapsulated by your ERP and your CRM, your customer data. Do you want that in the cloud? A lot of organizations making the decision, no, we don't. We want that behind our own firewalls where we know exactly who can access it and, and we can control the security around it. Uh, and I think that goes for government agencies in particular and it goes for regulated industries in particular mm -hmm. who are very twitchy about putting this highly sensitive data into a cloud where they actually do not know at the end of the day what's happening to it. So, so talk to me just, I want to focus just on your SaaS business, not your consulting business, just sweet CRM for the rest of the interview. So on sweet CRM, I don't want to go down every customer cohort, but on average, based off the server space they're using, what does a customer pay you to use sweet CRM per month? It's the smallest part of our business. So I would rather not focus on that. The biggest part of our business is customizing sweet CRM for enterprises internationally. Yeah, I don't want it. So the show is basically, it's focused on B2B SaaS. So I don't want to, if that, that model to me, what you're telling me, sounds like an agency model. It sounds like a gross margin of 60% or lower. You hire people, you do custom work. And, 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 and my audience won't be as interested in that. You're likely to get more views and more customers from my audience if we talk about the sweet CRM, even if it is one of your minor revenue streams. Okay. So the, 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 the SaaS, the, the SaaS offering for us is, is commodity. Where we do make margin is on the, 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 the SaaS on project revenue. So typically a large organization will come to us and they will want us to take the hosting costs away as well as do the customization. So it might be a year-long project to customize suite, to put it in the place where- I understand. Yeah. yeah, I, I totally get what you're, I totally get what you're selling. It's just yeah. one's per project and it's consulting and customization and professional service and one is pure play SaaS. I, I totally get it. So yeah. but just just make me happy for a minute. On the SaaS, <laughs> on just the SaaS side, if people yeah. are paying for the SaaS offering, what are they paying per month on average, would you say? I'd say between ten, fifteen dollars a month. 
Okay. So really anyone can use this thing. And when did you launch that offering? What year? Uh, when did we first do this? I'm done. Oh, about four years ago. But, okay. but and I know I'm in danger of aggravating you in this conversation. But it's not the main thrust of. It's not. See, there's a dichotomy in running an open source business. You need to drive service revenue so you can build the product. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, but, but Greg, by the way, I'm not disagreeing with you. We've had, yeah. we've had a lot of people, Matt Mullenweg from WordPress was just on the show. I mean, he, he gave a masterclass on how to build a multi-billion dollar company on top of WordPress, which started as open source. So I, I get it. I trust me. I totally get yeah. it. Okay. okay. I, I, you don't have to convince my audience. So I totally understand what you're doing. I just want to understand the SaaS, like the, the model, right? So you launched the, the SaaS portion of it in 2014. Uh, what have you scaled that to in terms of people actually paying for it? You have a million downloads. How many pay for it? Oh, very, 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 very few. It is the smallest part of our business. I get that. So, but like so 10 the, people, 1,000, 100,000? Okay. Well, let's look at the evolution of an open source project because we're only five years old you know, as, as, a, as a launched product. And really what you've got to do is to build a revenue stream. Uh, and you could you know, have a certain amount of investment money as a, as a company. And most of that money in the, in the early doors is going into product. Because Greg, I, I totally... Okay. It's like you're trying to convince me. I'm telling you, I get it. I know. I just literally had Matt right, on the okay. show and he's saying so all the, the same things that you're saying. I, th I think what I'm trying to say is that the, the SaaS offering was not the, the, the offering. So the, the SaaS offering the last three years is not the offering that it, it, it is going forward. So we invested in the product first. We're just about to launch the, the new SaaS in Q4. What new SaaS? So uh, we did SaaS so you could spin up an instance of Suite. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't great. There were flaws in performance, da -de da uh, And as a result of that, we didn't have great uh, customer retention. We didn't have a huge amount of customer satisfaction. Uh, but we've been using the revenues and the experience to spin the new service up, which is based on containers mm -hmm. and is load balanced, it's failover, it's everything that the original service wasn't. But we could only do that because of the success that we had in the other areas of the business, which meant we could invest. To make you subsidize. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That. I want to, I, I'm trying to put a, a loop around the first offering, but I have, I feel like I'm having to like beat you over the head for it. I'm um, just the SaaS <laughs> thing. I understand it might only have 10 yeah. customers, but, but yeah, how okay. few, I mean, are we talking a hundred, a thousand, probably about only a hundred. Okay. About a hundred yeah. people. So you had about a hundred people paying 15 no, bucks a hundred, month. A hundred companies. Some of those companies are substantial. The, the, some of those companies are uh, globally scaled leaders. In their okay. Field. But you said the average per month was about 15 bucks a month across that customer base. Is that accurate? Uh, 15, 15 bucks per person. So per seat, not 15 bucks. Okay. So what did you grow? What did you grow this, the, the monthly recurring revenue to from those hundred customers? Oh, no. Uh, like about like, a range is, a range is fine. I, I have no idea because I don't look at that one. That's because that's not where our revenue comes from. Then why not make it free? Cause then you don't burn money in this business. You know, but, but you're telling me two different things. One is like, we want to go, it's not about SaaS, but you're charging for it and you have a hundred customers. And the other is like, it's year long consulting projects for customization on top of the open source. 
So if, if you're not focused on it, you don't even know what the MRR number is, why not just make it free? Okay. I think let's go back to, to where we were a moment ago. You know, the, the, you have to evolve as a business. We have been evolving, growing, investing, da-di-da. We've got the product where we want it. We've now got the SaaS where we want it. We're not going to give the SaaS away for free because we need to make revenue from everything that we do. So where is it though right now? What's the baseline? If that's that important, you would know the revenue from it. No, because it forms, I think, probably less than 5% of our overall revenues. And what's your overall revenues? Uh, probably about 5 million US. Okay, got it. So less than call it 400, 500 grand is coming from the SaaS. The rest is consulting, customizing on top of. Yeah. I got it. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me. And what's the team size today? How many people? 40 people. And where's everybody based? Everybody's based in Sterling. I tell a small exaggeration. We've got one or two people who are remotely uh, <laughs> based, but 38 of that 40 are based in Sterling. There's a, and we are very culturally cohesive, and we will maintain that, 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 that collective model because it's great for knowledge sharing. And it's a so what are, what are you moving towards? You said you're moving away from SaaS and more to consulting. Is that accurate? No, no. Okay. We, we, you know, again, as a business, you need to evolve. And when you start a business with, with no um, venture capital money, you start You're still bootstrapped? You, you've got to grow organically. You Greg, are you still bootstrapped? Organic. How do you mean bootstrapped? You haven't raised venture capital? No, nothing. Okay, just everything your own money. We, in. Everything we have done has been organic. Okay. Right. So when, when you're organized like that, you have to be very careful about the way that you, 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 you grow. Uh, you know, we are where we are. We're now ready to, to, to have a world-class SaaS platform. So you are growing SaaS. You're trying to do less consulting, more SaaS. No, we're trying to do more consulting and more SaaS. Yeah, but you can't do That's my whole thing is like Matt gave a great example of this. There was a key moment at WordPress when they said, we have to stop doing custom work and move all in on the SaaS product. And that's what allowed him to hire engineers that contributed back to the open source community. That's allowed him to scale to a billion dollar company. You can't do both. They're very different businesses. You can, I, I, I disagree. You can do both. Um, especially in CRM, where it really is about business process. Uh, and unless the, the, the you can model business processes for your customers, you ain't going to get uh, adoption of the product. So, so why doesn't Salesforce take all of their Salesforce consultants in-house? You know, there's a whole spectrum, you know, thousands of jobs across the U.S. where people are, you know, they're hired. They're not Salesforce employees, but they're hired as Salesforce consultants. If both revenue streams were important, why wouldn't Salesforce try and have the software for in-house, which they already do, but also bring in this consulting component in-house as well. Well, they, they, they have their cake and eat it because they, they have a consulting capability and a development capability in-house. And they also have a partner network that delivers uh, the, the, the... Yeah, but it's mostly partner. It's mostly partner network. They do very little professional services in-house, which is why their gross margin is above 80%. Well, their gross margin is nowhere near bloody 80%. They're still loss-making. No, no, their gross margin their gross margin. They're losing money because of what they spent on sales and marketing to drive growth. Their gross margin, meaning above the line yeah, costs, absolutely. it's SaaS, really it's 85. Best. Your consulting business, your margins are going to be much more in the 30, 40% because there's so much, there, there's so many humans involved per project. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and that, hence why SAS is important to us on an ongoing basis. But we, we see both as being important. If we're not, you see, I think if we're doing projects, we get very close to the requirements of our customers because our customers drive uh, our thinking and market intelligence about what they're, what they're looking for. And that feeds back into projects or product. If we're just doing SaaS, we don't get that really tight feedback loop from customers. And some of these, you know, the, the, the clients we're doing the, the, the customization projects for are massive corporations who are very demanding and very far thinking in what they're doing. And frequently, the code we do for them feeds back into the product. So you know, the, the, there's a, 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 a good um, cycle in here. Yeah, I, I, I understand. this is the pattern we see all the time between agencies. But again, the agencies can solve with 100 customers and eventually they realize, wow, these customers, 30 of them ask for the same thing every time. We're going to go yep. code that into a SaaS product and they go all in. Eventually, they go yep. all in on one or the other. It's very difficult to do both. But Greg, I get your points. I think you made great arguments and you built a great business, $5 million. I need to wrap up here with our famous five because we're out of time. So quick answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, uh, Elephants Can Dance. Um, and it's about IBM. And, uh, and I've forgotten the guy's name. He was the chairman of IBM for half a dozen years about how he transformed IBM to an, uh, an agile organization. Yep. Great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Say again? Is there a CEO you're following or studying? I think the guy at Microsoft, Nutella, is quite interesting. Uh, we'll see where he goes in the next few years, but he's making some good noises. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business besides your own? <laughs> um, I think uh, Nextcloud. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Well, it used to be about four or five, but as I'm winding down a little bit, I'm now operating much more like a human being. So how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, these days, six or seven. Okay, very good. And uh, what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Oh, his grandfather, married. How many Two kids? kids? Okay. One grandchild, yeah. And Greg, how old are you? I'm 62. 62. Yeah. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <laughs> what, what? Do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, goodness. Um how important humility is. Guys, there you have it. Humility is important coming from Greg. Launched a company back many years ago, 2014, really an open source model. They used those leads to then generate consulting products. Now they're doing about 5 million bucks a year, less than 5% of their revenue is coming from Sweet CRM, their SaaS product. They're really looking to now scale the SaaS product and at the same time scale consulting. We'll see if it works out. There's a healthy feedback loop there. Obviously, they've got about uh, 40 people based in UK and other remote locations. Totally bootstrapped, which I love. Greg, thanks for taking us to the top. Well, thank you. That was a wonderful summary. Very good. Take care.